Up in the sky, it's a bird! It's a plane! It's a live drunken episode of Monster of the Week! Hello and welcome. How are you, gentlemen? Hey, kids. <laughs> Fuck you, Seb. <laughs> well, hello, boys. Um, yeah, I'm I'm doing fine. I'm uh, drinking beer. It's Friday. Gin and tonic. I'm getting ready for a crayfish Water. party tomorrow. Oh. That's a late crayfish. Cray yeah, but fish I mean, party. I've been on, away on so many magic trips, so we had to make mm -hmm. it this uh, weekend. Okay, so where, where are you going? Is it just... Jung Chile. In your basement by yourself? No, Jung, Jung, Jung Chile. Chile. Yeah. It would have been more fun. Is that, where, is that where uh, Clock Tornet is? Yes, that's true, but I'm not going to Clock Tornet. Oh, okay. I'm going to a colleague of mine who has a house up there on a mountain um, or something. I love mountains. Uh, yeah, me too. That's why I, that's where we play Blood Moon. I was on a mountain yes last weekend playing in Drummond. That was mm -hmm. amazing. Did you pee outdoors? Uh, no, they actually oh. had a restaurant there, so. You couldn't pee outdoors. Yeah, I could, but uh, there was no reason, and I, there was a risk of me falling down. That's a bad. But it's always, there's always a good reason to pee outdoors in the free. That's well, the, that's the freest you can feel, having a moment by yourself, just watching the nature and the wind blowing in your face, and and your pee blowing. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> In, your, in someone else's face yeah <laughs> that's, that's the best <laughs> yeah okay so we're, we're 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 doing this this is the third time we're hanging out uh in this manner i haven't had that much response from any listeners or anything but hopefully they enjoy us gibbering about uh, in our drunken state uh, and we have questions for days today yeah, I think I think am I the only one getting the feedback on everything? I have no feedback. No feedback. No, no. I mean feedback on the content. Okay. <laughs> oh. <laughs> the audio feedback. No, no. <laughs> I have no feedback. Yeah, I think you you might be the one that gets the feedback then. Maybe they like talking to me instead of talking to you, Seb. Well, I'm an I'm a Makes robot. Sense. So. Makes sense. Yeah. 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 So so yeah. Um, yeah, we got some good feedback from, um, I think that there's some, I met a couple of people in Denmark and in Norway who listen to the pod and uh, even watch my YouTube channel. Mm -hmm. So, so yeah, that's great. And they like it. That's a good feedback. Yeah. Yeah. Good. So maybe... <laughs> Maybe we should start with the questions. We have um, we have like ten questions from Mats Jedda Rasmussen uh, mm -hmm. or something, uh, which is amazing. Uh, everyone is good. Um, yeah, so each each and every one of his questions. Yeah, yeah, and all the other questions as well. Um, 
maybe not the parrot one, but yeah, we'll we'll see. Um, so, um, start starting with the first question before we get too drunk. Um, would it be silly to have a second tier of restricted cards, like restricted two or three, or just a flat rate of two cards uh, uh, per deck? Cards like Maze of It, uh, etc., that has a really powerful and uh, somewhat warping effect, positive or negative, on the on the decks that thrives in the format, or is, is it just muddling the water for no good reason? Mm. Um, yeah, I've I we think kind this... of had this discussion like last time also, right? Yeah, um, we talked a bit about wastelands, like strip mines being wastelands, and then we talked about. Uh, someone in the chat then said, "Why not just play? Was it a f uh, a variation where you played two of each land or something like that?" Yeah, yeah the, two, the pack. two two pack is the format where you can play like two. Uh, but it's not, I don't think it's maze of it. It's two strip mine. It's two uh, workshop and two mistress factory. Mm. Uh, but I've. Yeah, I think the biggest problem with this is that it's very inelegant to play uh, yeah. cards restricted to two. You have mm. like one card restricted to one, cards restricted to two, and then some you can play four of. I think it's just... Mm. Um, uh, back then, I think we all agreed on... But have you even tried out the Wasteland format? This is not regarding to the question directly, but I've just... No, I haven't, but I want curious. to try it. Um, mm. Because I think that, but uh, but uh, I think like people are like so many people have problems with the card maze of it. Mm -hmm. uh, I I I don't really. Yeah. yeah, a lot of people are complaining about maze of it being yeah. a strong um, card and mm. uh, a warping card. I I have never really seen it like that. Yeah, I think it's like sometimes it's really. <laughs> It's really good, of course, like in if you're playing Abyss and Maze, but if you're playing aggressive decks, usually you won't have time to play Maze. And going back a, a bit, when you played like Uncle Mishra's and stuff, sure, an Atog can't like chew up all the artifacts you have if you have a Maze, but there's Winter Orbs, there's uh, other ways to take care of it. I haven't, yeah, I don't know. It's it's usually better to have the landops. I always want to play mazes like one or two when I have like control-ish decks, but I don't even fit them in. So it's mm -hmm. maybe your decks. Uh, well, you you like playing trolls and I mean trolls and like DFB that. Green obviously loves the maze of it yeah. for d totally yeah. different reasons, mm -hmm. and I think they are like viable to. I mean they make the strategy viable. Yeah. Uh, so, like, so yeah. Explain, like, if you're playing disc. Explain. <laughs> I mean, if getting rid of the board and then having a maze plus Mishras is uh, obviously mm, yeah, amazing. Nice. And in DFB green to combat trick and save your own creatures on attack is amazing. Mm. Um, amazing. You get it? Um. Amazing, <laughs> but also like with Abyss, if you're playing Disc, that you need usually to put out more threats, and then the yeah, it it stacks in a way the the power of Disc and Abyss. Yeah, but um, 
Yeah, I don't, I don't know. Um, uh, and you can also, if you are really afraid of Maze of It, you can play Stone Rain, Sink Coal, Ice Storm, Armageddon. Yeah. Um, yeah. But it, but now we're just talking about the Maze of It. Uh, yeah. But yeah, I, I can see like too restricting, I don't know, counterspell. I don't know. Uh, mm. Yeah, I think like you... We've been discussing uh, source to plowshares. I think that's a yep. decent restriction. Uh, uh, last time we talked about if it was restricted even to two or whatever, uh, would you? How good would the spirit link be then? Would it be a suffice substitution? I don't know. Uh, like clean answers. Uh, what other things do you, would you like? I don't think counter spell actually would work since you would have three counters at least, anyhow, uh, yeah. with the mono drain, and you could play power sync. Yeah, blast. exactly. We like spell blast at the yeah, but but power sync is power sync is such a weird card to yeah, play. But... Uh, so so yeah I, I don't know I I tend to think that um I tend to think that um, the one and four restrict is is the best way to go to make it mm -hmm. cleaner. Mm -hmm. And it's like so annoying if you play a tournament where it's like some card two restricted and then they show up but okay we have two restricted Mace of it and Mistress Factor and they show up with three of each or four Mistress Factor mm -hmm. and two Mace of it and it's like <laughs> oh you misunderstood the rules yeah I didn't know like uh, well I'm going to keep playing it's like mm -hmm. It, it's and that so... goes into what's inelegant about it also, like you mentioned. Yeah. But Ty, I have a question. You've been, have you played the, the deck with the Stone Rains a bit? It was like played a while back, right? When Berlin used to have them? Yeah, when Berlin won his shark in 2016 or 2017, maybe? We played the one Stone, one, one stone Rain in main deck. And uh, I, I think Svant also played a Stone yeah, in Mendek. I, I played it in 2014 and 15 and 16 and 17 yeah. as well. But have you guys... I haven't seen it like in any control deck since then. No, but, and that, that was just the answer to, to have an extra answer to library. Because, yeah, yeah. Uh, for the mirror or whatever. Yeah, so, so I think... Um, um, I, I, I'm I'm on the fence about it. I think it's like I'm building a controlish deck, and if I'm doing that, I'm I always like have that in the back of my mind. But it's probably not worth it, right? It's there's so much better cards. Yeah. Wait, did you will play a Stone Rain in his? I don't think so. I don't. I don't no. it, it doesn't sound like a UL card. No, because yeah, I, I think you went from he took Berlin's list. Yeah, I'm not did. sure. I don't. I don't remember if he played a Stone Rain or not. I'm or pretty sure he instead. Didn't he add balance? Like, yeah, probably balance. I should know this because I helped him find deck lists. <laughs> so, so, <laughs> and uh, yeah, I don't know. I might have it here, his actual deck list. But I mean, uh, if you if you plan on playing against a lot of the deck mirrors, the Stone Rain is good, obviously, main yeah. deck. Clearly. 
But you're not, really not going to go for it if you're going to play against Mace of It at least. Yeah. Exactly. I don't know if it, if we go back, if we circle back to the Mace of It discussion. I don't think. Yeah. We're running around in circles. <laughs> I don't think that's where you want to be either. We are all, lost. Right? We are lost in the maze. Um, <laughs> yeah. But you, you don't want to have. You don't want to play Stone Rain so you can attack with your big fatty. That that deck doesn't like exist anyhow. I guess. No, and I. I mean, I guess. Uh, I guess it's safe to say that none of us are positive to making this two card restrict list here right no and that's a pretty good segue into the next question actually yeah uh reindeer has asked the question why is nobody playing three offs of good cards and it's like i think i think this this question is a bit weird in a way i understand where it's going but if a card is good, you often want four of it. Mm-hmm. But there's a lot yeah. of cards people play three offs, like three swords, three disenchants, yeah, three discs, uh, or or whatever, mm. like two counter spells. It's so it's not... the math is like you you need four if you want it in your starting hand. That's like usually how you play Magic, but. Some cards are so powerful, you want to have four of them anyhow, even if if it's powerful later on. But, uh, yeah, I kind of agree. Like, usually, like, you know, in pre-modern, we have an unrestriction of... Uh, no, <laughs> unbanning, even, of uh, show-and-tell. And I think most of the people who play four show-and-tell. Uh, I don't know. if you, Depends on how the deck is, like, made. Sometimes three offs are. I like three offs, uh, especially in the sideboard. Yeah, but that's because it's a lot cleaner than you can have um, three X five cards. Uh, mm. But yeah, I'm I'm thinking like, would you play three lightning bolts in a deck ever? Hmm. No, no, it's that's kind of weird. Yeah, yeah, you can you, play, you play one two or two, or one then. Yeah, <laughs> but not three. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> um, would you play? There's a lot of cards you play, like three of like Psionic Blast, yeah. Chain Lightning. Uh, Chain Lightning yeah. is a bad card, but yeah, uh, yeah. you get to. <laughs> and, but it's like, would you play three Savannah Lions in a deck ever? Probably not. No, no. Since because it's one one draw. You want it in your starting hand. I don't know if you want a Lightning Bolt, so maybe there's an you can argue for having three of it. I don't know. Depending on the deck, of course. But uh, I have played three Mishra's Factory when yeah. I needed extra yeah. colored swords, for example. I think I've done that also. I think three is better than two there. Uh, if if I, I played some uh, Bant decks, the Bant. in uh, I don't know if it was in Scryings even, but you, there that, there's some color combinations where where your cold mana is. You, re- you really lean on it. So that, yeah. that's a good uh, instance where you can actually play three, I think. Mon- Mono Red is also another instance where you can consider playing three uh, Mishra's Factor. Yeah. For the reason well, that... Right. Be, be, for the reason because you you play Ball Lightnings often. Um, mm-hmm. yeah. And yeah. then and then you play Blood, Blood Moons, so you often turn off your factories anyway. Well, yes. I, I would argue that it goes the other way around then 
uh, you just play a blood moon and then you start playing your ball lightnings or whatever with your mistress. Uh, but that depends <laughs> on, on your draws. I mean, you need maybe 18 white source, uh, red sources in that deck. Yeah. I've built some of those decks since I built most of the <laughs> Blood Moon decks that you go into, like you play weird, like Workshop is another card that gets enabled away in with the Blood Moon. If you, I don't know, whatever. Uh, three offs, other cool three offs. Uh, I think Mistress is the best one you mentioned. Hold on. I, I can't really. Do you have any other examples uh Serenio? Yeah. yeah um yeah i think that's in the deck right ty yeah usually you see three and... you never play you never play for Serenio in main deck in no, no. for example yeah you would do if you play the new the deck from the oh, of course. where you yeah. play it's four sheriffs and two motis the secret the deck <laughs> or the secret like, deck it's when um, when the, when the deck and blue white skies get a unholy child or something. Um, yeah, <laughs> So so yeah, I think like people play three offs of good cards. Um, I think that what what uh, reindeer is talking about is that he has started making three offs in his uh, sedge troll uh, or troll disco deck. Yeah, he is. He has tuned it so much that he's gone down to three of the good cards just to fit more good cards. But he plays four bolts. He plays four bolts and he plays four sushis in one version. Yeah. And four. Yeah, those, I, think those, I think those are only fours actually in his list. Because the rest is three offs. Okay, but yeah, I think there's like proof that people play three offs. Um, Why he's asking it is because he's he, he's made a deck where everything. It's basically a troll deck, right? With yeah, with three just of everything. Yeah, we just mentioned that, but he okay, plays sorry. four lightning bolts and. Yeah. So so yeah, I, but yeah, I mean it's. Some cards you want for, I mean, generally the lower curved cards you want four ofs of, and the higher curved cards you don't want four four ofs of. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And then there's, there's the whole discussion about how many sit of brass you should play, etc. Mm -hmm. But that's that's Two another discussion. Five. That that's not <laughs> that's not that you should play three off of city of brass. It's just how how much vulnerable do you want to be to sit in a bottle and how much damage do you prepare to take. Yeah, and exactly. How how consistent do you want your mana to be? I think in pre-modern people aren't that consistent. They play too few good mana sources since it's, there's shitty mana there. Uh, and <laughs> in the old school, I think, well, we've been overall in the... A lot of decks have been going down in the city of... Uh, brass over the years i think yeah like, but that's there's an interesting point uh from pre-modern denmark that is brewing a pre-modern deck with three lightning bolts i think depending on what yeah. the deck is there's there's a lot of there's often more incentive to play like less than four of of lightning bolts in pre-modern if you listen to an old monster of the week episode we talk about that 
Lightning Bolt isn't such a great card in pre-modern because a lot of creatures have one toughness or four toughness. Indeed. Yeah. So yeah. so they're, they're, in pre-modern, it's a, it's a totally different story about deck building. So we're not going to go in depth about pre-modern deck building here. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I I would probably never pre- play three lightning bolts in old school in a deck. Uh, no, no, I no. don't think so. Like as you, as we mentioned, the deck in in itself, if you're playing lightning bolts, usually calls for maybe a miser lightning bolt in some the decks and like for a clean answer or whatever, and uh, or otherwise you're playing an aggressive decks and you always want the four ups. It's also in the deck. It's also good with mirror universe. That is true. So, so well, I think we covered the three ops question now. Mm-hmm. Uh, now we have another question from Nicholas Torninger. Uh, Torninger. I don't know if how you pronounce it, but is the Swedish Torninger? is the Swedish banner restricted due for an update? And if you could uh, decide, what would it be? I think we we decided on it being. Oh, thank God, you have the shirt. <laughs> You need to stand up. <laughs> for for those who are not viewing it, it's Sharasad, right? I hope it's just um, just random that you're wearing that T-shirt. <laughs> <laughs> well, I've had it all day. At I've been working in my role as a teacher, and they they keep asking me about all my weird magic uh, T-shirts that I have. But I just say that it, this T-shirt is well. It's from Arabian Nights, you know the not not the set. <laughs> <laughs> it's her Assad, you know. Well, she needs to tell just tell all her stories and all that. So, so Sharasad could easily be, be unrestricted, yeah, or unrestricted. Yeah, uh, I mean, it wouldn't make a difference. Mm-hmm. No, I think that's the only only change that should happen. I I can also like see why we have there is a restriction, right? Also from like early on, especially if there there is no timed run rounds and whatever. So but maybe gonna... maybe you should have an errata of some kind. If yeah, there's not time, I would rounds. probably scoop against it. <laughs> yeah. No, it, it it depends. I mean, it's a, it's the thirteenth bolt in a twelve bolt deck as well. Mm. Yeah. In a weird way. Mm. Uh, but yeah, I, I don't see really see anything else unrestricting. Um, I mean, Mistress Workshop would be fine. Um, but we already have Atlantic, so there's no reason for that. Yeah. Um. Mm. So Charles wants to ban <laughs> low headline twist. Ah, but that's not going to happen in Swedish. Show. That's not going to happen no. in Swedish no, ever. No. Never in Swedish. No. Uh, and like unbannings. Yeah, I think like we we discussed this also a bit last time. Uh, like I think the format is kind of set. Yeah, uh, we won't have any restrictions of the cards that people f- 
that are feel bad for people like Mishra's been up for discussion maybe or I mean I don't know you you we Maze was restricted but it's unrestricted I mean Maze I don't, was I wouldn't I mean remember that Maze was restricted uh, Mirror Universe Black Wise Man of mm -hmm. Vault Recall Time Vault uh, all these cards have been restricted Yeah yeah nothing uh, changed uh, and yeah, I, I, I don't I'm, see any of those cards being restricted again. No, uh, uh, I think uh, I think like Mitra's Factors restriction has been discussed since I started playing ten years ago. Yeah. Uh, I mean, um, I don't I don't think that it's gonna ha be like uh, I don't think uh, aggressive decks are gonna get better as some people seem to think when they want to restrict it. Um, like it's a. Uh, gentleman format in a way and of course if you if you want to spike it you can spike it uh, so i i it's everyone plays uh mind twist and uh, loa but everyone plays like demonic tutor then also i guess and everyone plays ancestor recall and everyone plays if we should if we start picking off the the bad beats for players, then, then we, then this is not a format anymore, in a way. Uh, but I agree. Sometimes it's really boring to have a. But those times are. It's not that usual that you have like the turn one, two, three, mind twist your whole hand or whatever. Sure, there are, like Library of Alexandria games that feel like. You're being stolen, but if that's the worst case scenario, if you don't really like that, there's always vice and other things you can do about it, I guess. Yeah, I think one of the interesting restricts um, that I don't really suspect will happen and should happen is like restricting counterspell. Um, Mm -hmm. I don't think that Counterspell makes the format a lot better in, in any way. Um, and now we lost Seb. Yeah, I, I said that. Uh, you don't think it's warping the format? I don't think that either. No, but I, I think it would be interesting having counterspell restricted. Um, what is it? I don't think that's so interesting. Is it? Why? I mean, it it doesn't make any anything interesting. It it can yeah yeah. It, I agree. That. Yeah. <laughs> so so I think that if you restricted, you would just remove some weird controlly strategies. I mean, it would obviously impact the, the troll disco deck, but the troll disco deck is not good in this 12 bolt meta either. Yeah, and like of course it would uh, like the deck would be worse, clearly, but yeah I would play more answers in the deck. I would play yep. Wrath of Gods and I don't know I don't think it would be... I think the deck would still be the deck. <laughs> yeah, so, um, yeah. yeah, and it's like... Um, I mean, it's... It's quite interesting um, yeah. to see see what, what, what would happen. Uh, 
restrict swords. I think we touched on that a bit. Uh, yeah, but the thing with restricting swords is it's just making uh, one of the worst colors even worse. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, but uh, and and we also talked about there's other well it, once again is spirit link a good enough card to cut like take up the slack then or whatever i mean restricting swords would make uh, hip, uh, hypnotic specter terror. better yes yeah but people would probably play play terror instead and i guess yeah, all but the it, not... would be it's it's not such a feel bad if someone uh, fireballs your uh, shivan dragon as it is when you have a turn one shivan and someone just sorts it <laughs> i guess yeah but yeah i don't know um uh, I, I don't see that leading to much much good i, I mean it yeah. makes it makes black better we have the four mana drain uh, discussion in the chat here I, I remember years we could play four counts and four mana drains. You you mentioned Oland why or rather that mirror and uh, some other cards got unrestricted, and that's probably why because <laughs> mana drain got restricted, right? Uh, it it was, was an unnecessary casualty because of mana drain, uh, the uh, mirror universe. I mean, uh, mana drain era, four mana drain era was so weird because yeah. like you just sit there and then you counterspell, play a Sarah, and then have mana drain back up and no mana mm-hmm. mana burn. Like, okay. I think when I started playing, Good times. <laughs> <laughs> I, I started playing when like we were leaving that. I I, I don't remember if I even had an old school game with for. Uh, mana drains but i remember clearly that people played like red elemental boss main and stuff like that and that's when you have a really skewed format <laughs> so yeah that's, that's a good restriction i think overall it's such a solid format it has everything you need at this point uh, so yeah. unrestrictions are good restrictions are bad but yeah i don't really see how we can change that and banning non-anti cards is not a good way to go either exactly okay mo- moving on uh, martin purio who is not here he is playing dry force rain mm-hmm. reynard dungeon whatever mm-hmm. Uh, one day too late. Otherwise, you could have explained to my brother why black red land destruction without power cannot work consistently. As it is, I had to kick his butt the whole evening to make him learn the hard way. Mm. <laughs> um, yeah, it um, seems like he did the right thing there. I mean, land destruction is so bad in a format where most people play five moxen. Yeah. Uh, five moxen and soldering and lotus i the last time i played against um uh a land destruction deck was against uh, the norwegian guy erik olstad in uh, odol i went i played a turn one dib he destroyed like five lands for me and, and then he died from the dib <laughs> it's, I think, 
the best land destruction deck now is probably DFB, right? Yeah, yeah DFB even count that as land no, no, it's it, yeah, it's not land destruction deck. It's just it just utilizes ice storms, uh, ice storms to, <laughs> winter to take orbs. You. Uh, not winter orbs in DFB green. Uh, no winter orbs. No. Okay. Hmm. But balance um, is the best land destruction. Yeah. 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 Agreed. Uh, Chaos Orb and Strip Mine and Balance are the best land destruction card. Yeah, I mean, we've, we've seen some Gaddon decks uh, like the mid range playing a big creatures. If, if it's robots or if it's uh, Sarah Angel or whatever, or, uh, or a but those the, we haven't seen them being yeah, like Gaddon. Gaddon I mean, I think one of the best Armageddon decks is Twelve Bolt. Still, yeah, you can play a, you play a Lion, you play an Armageddon, and then you just play a Factory after that, and then, mm. then a Red Mana. Then you can play most spells in your deck. Uh, so. Sometimes I feel like the people like lean into Geddon, but like the, I think. Winterorb is suffice. I think Winterorb is also very good. Uh, I don't know if they need Geddon, but yeah, sure. People, if if you're playing a deck like Urn and Burnham, you don't have that many other targets for disenchants and shatters or whatever. So clearly, you want to play Geddon, but no, not Urn and Burnham. Urn and Geddon, I guess. Urn and Geddon, yeah. <laughs> a lot of. Names there. Seven names. Yeah, I'm. I'm not good. Yeah, I'm falling, 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 falling. No, but yeah, okay. I, I don't think that. I think that uh, land destruction is a viable strategy in formats like X points, uh, where you can't play all the moxen. Mm. Uh, it's yeah, prob- that's true. It's probably a viable strategy there. Um, Titania song uh, with Armageddon. Yeah, yeah. but. I think that Armageddon is a totally separate discussion from land destruction, though. Yeah. Uh, uh, so, so yeah. Um, yeah but I, the Tonya song is also, uh, I think, the problem is uh, it's a bit clunky. And that goes for all the land destruction. It's uh, what you mentioned, Olam, basically. If, if Black Wise is good, I guess land destruction can actually be good but people have enough answers for it and you can like <laughs> if that's the best threat you have basically you can basically just like mulligan down to <laughs> it not being effective or whatever and just have enough lands and but coming down to brass tax the main problem is that if you're playing against even a control deck they can play turn one uh, Mox land Felwar Stone go and <laughs> you play a land and then wait two more turns to actually take out the first land and yeah it just don't work out. I think um, I think like um, uh, yeah I'm, now I think that uh, Moribus is on, on to something here. Uh, it's uh, Stalin from Gothenburg. Uh, that that land destruction has has it been good since people started to understand how many lands you should put in the deck, <laughs> yeah. and that, that is that is that is totally 
true because back in the in '94, people played weird mana. Well, um, I think may- maybe also because uh, they didn't understand. They they played uh, like dark rituals and they didn't have enough answers. I don't know. Yeah, I think that, yeah. I think it, the... it's, it's spot on why you could see some of those decks being <laughs> very good back then. Uh, yeah, 2020 20 was somewhat of a guideline back then. So basically, you played 20 lands, 20 creatures, and 20 other. And then, then land destruction could be a viable strategy. Mm. Um, yeah, uh, RF Mabel. Um, I think that, but I think in this case, it was an actual plan of land destruction, not getting rid of utility lands. Uh, and it's not like the playing two sinkholes in a dead guy ale or something. It was stone rain sinkhole four of each and try to kill every land and maybe fishers or whatever. And that's not a, a good strategy. So the tier list of uh, like land destruction is first place clearly strip mine, I guess. Second place chaos orb yeah and uh, what would you go for third place uh, probably armageddon uh, but it's yeah. it's it's highly dependent on the situation but armageddon and balance um mm. and the problem with strip man is the double back well, yeah, I, I haven't seen that many i haven't actually seen a good strip mine deck in a while uh, no strip mine sorry the problem with the uh, I'm reading the chat meanwhile, so that's bad. The sinkhole. Uh, I haven't seen a good sinkhole deck in a while. Uh, it's basically better in if you can play all the the ebon hands and whatever, all the other knights, right? Um, I mean, it's not that great in. I think it's even. I think it's better in Swedish because if you play humans, uh, so. Yeah. But I think. I think the best, um, if you play like four strip, I think th- there you have the strategy. You play relic barriers and icy manipulators to tap down the moxen. Uh, so you play workshop, um, strip mine, and um, ices and relic barriers. There you have a there you have a mana uh, denial constricting plan. Yeah. yeah, where the strip and then winter orb mm-hmm. or or Armageddon. Armageddon yeah. with with Mox and, and Relic Barriers and Isis is amazing. Mm. Yeah. So so yeah, so, I, there's there's no way you're making a black red land destruction deck without power viable in Swedish. Lastly, I would also say that usually it's a real feel bad, uh, and it's also a feel good, of course, if you're winning with land destruction. But it's also like uh sitting with cards that you can't that you can't actually play i guess i think it's a strategy that people has a good misconception with it's like with fog people think it's good because one time they won (laughs) with it and that goes for land destruction overall i think they i think one of the problems is that window when you can actually play all uh, that many land destruction spells and win uh, so yeah, I I think that uh, people are like um, 
also that you can't punish rich decks. Um, uh, Mm-hmm. You can Not only really punish other. Yeah, you can only punish other budget decks with some other strategies like mono red or mono green, or mm-hmm. even mono white or mono black. You can punish like really expensive decks that plays all the expensive cards. Mm-hmm. But with black red land destruction, you are never gonna do that. Exactly. Or with red green or Ponza or whatever. Yeah, uh, I agree. So I think we kind of answered that question um yeah i think we're we're doing good here we're really digging deep maybe we're digging too deep since we have a bunch of questions to go <laughs> yeah yeah but uh, i mean uh, we are we're moving along we're moving, moving along. along yeah uh rasmussen again do you have any tips for playing around counter magic and how much do you need to respect it? It's pretty situational, but what characterizes the situations where you try uh, to It's jam... pretty situational, but what character characterize characterize it's wrongly spelled here. So. Yeah, but I'm reading it right. So yeah, but what characterizes the situations where you try to jam and when you try to bait with another? card and perhaps having to wait for one uh this is this is a really hard question um Mm -hmm. i I, think basically if you're playing control the worst player you meet is the one that just don't care that you're playing control (laughs) (laughs) like you sit with your mana open uh but i think you what you need to do is uh, lay it up a bit i think early on uh oh i'm getting out of focus early on you need to just slam threats if you have enough threats in your hand later on you i at least usually wait until i have a couple of threats uh because sooner or later depending on what you're playing up against the control player i'm guessing the counter spell player depending on what he's playing depending on how (laughs) how much on a clock you are uh, needs to actually have a win con in play. And a win con can be a game day tome. If your opponent is drawing two cards a turn and you have one card, maybe it's just like, just go for it, I guess. But if you both are just drawing cards and nothing is happening, uh, I usually go for at least two spells and bait sometimes, I guess it's it's so hard to to because like it depends on how many cards do you have how many yeah. cards does your opponent have, have how many mana do you have and how many yeah. mana does your opponent and how have? many mistress <laughs> yeah and what's the have? life total and what yeah. is your deck uh, it's like it's so weird you usually just want to try to be able to if they like um past the turn with untapped mana you can mm. start playing spells instance in their upkeep to mm. to restrict yeah. their mana for the for the upcoming your upcoming turn mm. you should never if not needed if you're not dying use your time walk without any payoff and payoffs can be uh, like a creature uh and even if you have two creatures you play a you play a creature and then a time walk yeah, uh, or or a time Depen- walk first on and then a creature. Depending on how late you are in, I yeah. personally think earlier on it's 
kind of nice having a time war like a explore turn. I, but yeah, I agree I with you otherwise. I think you should uh if you want to see how to play against control uh look up Simon Christie's 12 bolt uh, matches that were streamed against uh, blue white control decks. Um there you can learn a lot about how you how you tackle um, control decks. But then again, it's more problematic if you have like one or a couple, some key cards that you need to get uh, resolved. I guess it's. I agree. Yeah, if you if you have enough instance, if you have enough bolts, you always play them in your opponent's turn and stuff like that. I guess it depends. Um... Yeah. It depends on the decks. But and, and like this is like a super hard question. Yeah, and like we're talking about, if I'm if I have Mishra, I can just like start attacking with Mishra. Do you, do you want to take care of the Mishra? Can I then resolve my stuff? And it depends on how much mana he has, how much mana you have, how many cards you have. How many cards. So I, overall, I've, it's really really hard. I think also that uh, a lot of people. Uh, miss misdo some stuff. They bring in like four red elemental blasts against the deck. They are extremely situational. The deck mm -hmm. plays five counter spells. Exactly. Uh, and, like, and they can still take care of all your threats with swords to plowshares. Yeah. Um, uh, or uh, disenchants. I stuff think. Like I think one of the best ways to to think about playing against control, if you if you're going from for a really easy strategy board in every card that you suspect that the control player is gonna counter that that's 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 your plan you mm. just want to overload their counter spells yeah so, so that's why you see people playing cards like brain geyser in the sideboard because it's a must counter mm. for for a control player yeah you're right i agree and that's why you have uh... <laughs> Well, even though it might hurt you, you have uh, blood moons in the sideboard sometimes, and whatever. There's some cards that are like the deck or counters spell heavy deck that usually play a lot of yeah controlish cards. They need to counter. Uh, so that's also what you mentioned with the Red Elemental Blast. That's why you have Red Elemental Blast, because you keep a Red Elemental Blast so you actually get to resolve those spells. Not to, I don't know, it's not like they're not enabling like your shatters for their books, but yeah, that's you usually like in a losing spot then also. I'm, so. I'm, I'm not a fan again, uh, of Red Elemental Blast against the deck. Yeah. No, I don't like it. I think, of course, you. I think Red Elemental Blast is a uh, good card in Cyborg, but basically for uh, deep other reasons. Yeah, deep Bibs. and Psionic Blast. Yeah, Psionic yeah. Blast. And now we have a bunch of gins running around, of course, but Mama Homa Hot Me. Without an N, though. But uh, then again, I would clearly <laughs> take in a couple of them if I had. Posers for uh, control mirrors with uh, not not control mirrors for control decks. Yeah. Uh, if I had a blood moon, I would have a I would take in maybe a couple of them. But this is more like sideboarding than. Uh, yeah, but you 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 should play to at least 
you, you probably play more sideboarded games than pre-boarded games. Yeah. So but I, 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 yeah. what I'm saying is that this is more sideboarding uh, strategy, like how you deal with sideboarding than actually dealing with counter spells and rudimental boss and whatever. Because but, the problem is that if you have a sideboard with four <laughs> red elemental blast, you, your deck is probably kind of it's not a good deck, <laughs> I would say, if you could actually take in four <laughs> red elemental blast. Uh, anyhow, yeah, and I think that you you have to okay, let's go back to pre sideboarded games. You have to identify which cards do you need to resolve. Um, and if you have a Wheel of Fortune, you really need to resolve that against the deck, most yeah. likely if you're playing it. Then you have to set up a way where maybe they play a book and you want to shatter the book because they will probably counter it if they are not, like, it depends on the deck player. The problem with playing around counter spells is you kind of want to know the player. How are they playing? Yeah. Uh, you, I know a lot of deck players who play very differently. We have talked about this. Um, yeah. uh, me, Berlin, Fluffy, uh, Svante, and like Quinn, and whatever. Everyone plays so differently. And Simon of Team Tron in Denmark also plays differently. You kind of need to... You, you want to do your research on, on, on how people play, if you can. Uh, I mean... Or you just try to play some basic strategy. Bait with a semi-good spell if you want to resolve your really good spell. Mm. Um, maybe yeah, they exactly. go, And if they don't counter your semi-good spell, well, maybe they're out of counters. Or maybe they're saving it for the balance or brain guys or a wheel or whatever. So, so I think it's... Um, you, you just have to play more against... The deck, so play more and against different, and against different the deck players. Yeah, actually, if you if you only play against the same the deck player and then you're playing against another one, it's gonna be different. Yeah, and Red Elemental Blast was also very much better clearly when you had four <clears throat> mono drains because then people also played the hole in the head man. <laughs> Amnesia. Indeed. Yeah, Amnesia is a good main deck card uh, because people don't board in their red elemental blasts. But yeah, then you kind of have to board them out. Exactly, and that's why it's a bad card because it's such a heavy talk ta tax for <laughs> one mana. Uh, yeah. But I, I'm in, in the end, if we're concluding this topic, I think, Orland, you're right about people over-addressing Red Elemental Blast, especially against the counter magic. Uh, but it's good against other things. And if you want to uh, address counter spell decks, uh, play more aggressive decks. <laughs> yeah. Have yeah. more threats. <laughs> Just yeah. don't have heavy like hitters or have like the some cards that you actually but yeah i need to fetch another drink yeah me too well i can uh, we can start uh, uh, ty you can introduce our next 
question. Well, we're our next question. Ah, let's see. The next question is from from Nikolai Torninger. Is pestilence uh, underplayed or a terrible card? Well, pestilence is. I hate it. I hate that card actually. Very good. Now we'll move on to the next question. No, Joker side. Pestilence is probably. I would say probably underplayed card at the moment. It should be played more when we have all those. When we are more focused on creatures now in the in the meta. Yeah. Yeah. Have you have you have you made any conclusions here? Yeah, pestilence is a terrible card. So B. No, but we we wrote. <laughs> Nikolai has stated that it's either underplayed or terrible. So we choose B. Terrible. No, it's not terrible. <laughs> it's I mean, I think. But the, the thing is, like, it's it such a more. It's a hard card to play because basically you need to play creatures yourself because you don't mm -hmm. want Pestilence to die. It takes a lot of mana when you play it out and be able to activate it if you're not activating it for one against like mono green or whatever. Mm -hmm. uh, and it's a liability because you also take damage. So so it's a, <laughs> it's an extremely powerful card, but it has a lot of drawbacks. Uh, yeah. They Goodbye, Reindeer. He's leaving us, it seems. They yeah. need to drink beer. We were also drinking beer. So. Didn't you play all on the, the eye and pestilence? Yeah, but that's... Uh, I think in a, in a deck with Diamond Valley uh, and big toughness creatures, it's, uh, it's at its best, because then it can be a wing con as well. Yeah. Have, you can play like, Pungusar. Do, do you remember our first episode of monster of the week well, yep. when we talked about uh, like the valley of dreams or what, what yeah, was underworld it? underworld valley of dreams where you play underworld dreams pestilence and diamond valley and with the slum yeah. Palm, i think yeah that's a solid build uh yeah i think i'm gonna because it's a it's also a good uh, halloween deck Mm -hmm. yeah. um, so I'm going to play it for BSK uh, with the Evil Eyes. Nice. Mm. How many Evil Eyes? Four. Four. With clones and... No, no, no clones. <laughs> evil Eye, Pestilence, Underworld Dreams and Walls. And Doppelgangers. No. <laughs> clone, clone is... No, Clone is not good. I know it's not good, but it's... You have your sums? More, more evil eyes. You summon evil eye is not a good combination. <laughs> no. <laughs> no. I, I'm taking more damage. Uh, that's such a... Life is a resource. That's like the word. Um, yeah. But yeah, I think probably Pestilence is underplayed, but it's hard to build around. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah, there's also that, that thing where you can play, especially in like with Fallen Empires, you can play Pestilence and Abyss with uh, Pump Knights and White Knights. Mm -hmm. So you have protection from black on all your creatures. Yes. yes, I think 
this is one way to go. I like the wall-ish scenario or like the heavy toughness scenario also. I think we mentioned like you can play, of course, you can always keep pay the upkeep while with uh, activating a mission, I guess, but that's not consistent. Ooh, juxtapose. Yeah, I could consider playing juxtapose. It's always good to have cards to sideboard out. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I think um, the juxtapose deck would have uh, clearly be like the mono vault, which is one of, oh, sorry. Yeah. Which is one of my favorite uh, cards. So yeah, but Katie on Trout actually has a really good idea here because, like, if he juxtaposes my eye, I can block it with my walls, and his other dudes can't attack. Uh, so it, it's actually a combo in that deck. Mm -hmm. yeah. Um, yeah. It actually, uh, I kind of like that. I'm gonna try to add. Um, I only own two juxtapose and I wouldn't play four anyway. So, mm. but yeah, that that's um that's a great addition of card if I can fit it in. But when you play like Diamond Valleys and stuff, and you have so much weird cards in your deck already. Yeah, and <laughs> like the mana for juxtapose is a bit also constrained. Yeah, but it's it's one blue, so it's not that bad. Okay. Yeah. I mean, you can add. But you're you're playing. Oh, it's Esper. No, it's no, blue. It's red. Uh, yeah. Uh, you okay. play walls in red and wheel yeah. of fortune. Mm. Yep. Cool. Mm -hmm. Cool. Um, <laughs> so cool. I think the answer is A. Underplayed. Yeah, and there's actually a bunch of uh, as we just found out. There's some brew space there. Uh, I think, yeah, and in in a, in some certain meta, it would probably even be good, uh, depending on what people are playing. But uh, if if people are playing twelve bolt decks, I don't know. No. Okay, moving on. Best uh, mono red budget deck from Martin Purio. Yeah, I. I would like to. Okay, the best mono red budget deck is uh, probably like just throwing things in your opponent's face. But there's three categories I would say here. There's the uh, two more fun categories, and those are like playing goblins or playing goblins with, of course, like onks and maybe vices and whatever maybe a couple of atogs but uh, the most fun mono red egg budget deck would be if you are allowed to play fourth edition and whatever uh, i would play a big red budget deck that that's where i would uh, lean into i would play blood moons uh, books shivans and whatever if you're if you're allowed to play reprints Mana flare as well, though. Yeah, mana flare could be decent. I don't know. Depends. Not with books then, but yeah. Well, yeah, well of course. Yeah, yeah. You're right. Right. Mana flare seems thinking... good with books. <laughs> burning books. I, I was thinking about <laughs> mana barbs. <laughs> okay. No, no, not mana barbs. Mana yeah, barbs mana is. Flares. Yeah, that's yeah. If you if you're allowed reprints, I think 
that's the most fun deck of every all the decks but the most the best mono red budget deck is probably just all the bolts and uh, i would is it a is it a a couple of atogs right and uh, some goblin brigades and uh, is and goblin balloon brigade or goblin sort of floor better i don't know i'm um, i'm uh, i'm id i i would really listen to the reasoning behind each but personally i would go for the brigades i would go for goblins of the floor because a lot of people play mountains and then you have blood moon yeah okay uh, i think if i would build a mono budget red deck i would probably go eight eight goblins for one Blood Moons, Ball Lightnings, 10 Burn Spells, Wheel, and Ankh of Mishra and Vice, probably. Probably, probably some one or two Fork. King. Yeah, and uh, probably Goblin King. as a. Well, that's a Goblin deck, then. Uh, yeah. yeah. I think the big red deck is not a good budget deck because you want like Mana Vaults and stuff like that. Yeah, it will probably but be really if expensive. If you're allowed reprints. They are, like, they are like, 4th edition mana vaults are like $30 or $40. No, I don't think so. Yeah, they are. Okay. Now we go into the economics. Yeah. Of so so the, I think they, they will be the, they will be the by far, uh, okay. most expensive cards. Uh, mm. Because they are, they are like played in stuff like EDH. So yeah. Okay. Yeah, I'm get, I guess so, if you're building go, uh, mono red budget, I guess your most expensive card would be like Blood Moon. Yeah, and that's. Yeah. I think the cheapest uh, fourth edition mana vault is a played one for thirty three dollars, uh, mm-hmm. thirty three euros on Magic Card Market. That's the cheapest. Oh well then. So sadly, sadly the mana vault is uh, is not a budget card anymore. No. No. Um. Like maybe we should rearrange the question a bit. Where would you go first if if the if red is where you're heading? Uh, I think everyone's agreeing on all the burn, <laughs> uh, and uh, atogs are still a, bit, a sheep. I hope they're yeah. not that expensive, right? No, they're sheep. Uh, and you can, like, if you if if reprints still on the table, I don't know about vices and all. Yeah, they they are they are uncommons in fourth edition, so they are. Yeah. I mean, even Ankh is a rare, but it doesn't cost much in fourth edition. So, yeah. and Goblin Kings. So it's it's the Mana Vaults that are Mana Vault is the most expensive card in fourth edition, I think. Okay, really. So uh, yeah. though there's different ways to go about but i think the most fun way would be either to play full-on goblins or <laughs> to play the more what what ty was uh, actually explaining like yeah. onks uh, vices maybe at least a couple of atogs and a bunch of cheap critters i think Moribus asks if you should include Mana Clash in all the burn. Um, that, that's a good question. Uh, Is it a good question? 
I know that he plays it in his uh, mono red burn deck. I've uh, never played it. Is it good? Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, it's a. I don't like random cards. Uh, yeah, that's that. My that I'm. That's where I'm at also. Yeah, I know you like those kind of stuff, and that's. Um, yeah. Yeah, I don't mm. know. I don't know. Um, <laughs> um, I'm I'm not sold on that, but um, yeah. yeah, well, I think I think the problem with all these monocolored budget decks um, is that you should, if you want to play budget monocolor decks, uh, play Atlantic because then there's a lot of good Fallen Empires cards for all uh, for yeah. for four colors. But also, if you're playing Atlantic, it's Fallen Empires, right? Yeah. So you get Goblin Grenade in red. You get Pump Knights in white and black. You get Icacian Javelineers. Uh, so, so yeah, those colors are really, really boosted. Yeah, you can actually play Mono Blue Fish, I guess. <laughs> yeah, but River Merfolk is not a good card, sadly. Mm. But, yeah, it's... It's okay. It's, it's better in, <laughs> in Atlantic than, than it is in old school, at least. Like Swedish old school. I mean, we had a discussion about that with Jordan Boyle. Uh, yeah. And uh, he, usually what you can do is play the most fun cards that you want to play, but keep like a good plan for how you're winning and things might work out. Yeah, I'm. I mean, I've tried mono red budget decks, but they have never worked for me. Mm -hmm. um, I have some very, very like bad losses against mono red decks. I remember like the first big tournaments in Stockholm here. Uh, I lost against Goblins, one deck that Berlin lent out to. A guy that didn't have an old school deck. <laughs> then I lost against Chambers uh, in a cruise because I had I, I didn't understand that Spirit Link had a trigger on it. But yeah, losing to David Chambers is uh, nothing you should be upset about. It's in the finals. It's just because I misunderstood the trigger and he had an A-tog. So. <laughs> Ma many a people have lost against David Chambers mono monocolor decks in Swedish old school. Yeah. He's the but... master of monocolor decks in Swedish. But he has all the power, so it's not budget decks. Yeah. No. Those are so, not budget decks. I think to be to be honest, I think we are the wrong people to ask about budget decks. Yeah, maybe. We have uh, never I think been... the best budget deck might be green at this moment, but I don't yeah, know. Yeah, we are moving yeah. on to the next question. Mm -hmm. Because because the next question is from Matsjeda Rasmussen. Yeah. Is, yeah. is Monogreen actually the better monocolor deck in Swedish or just the, the prettiest? And I would the say it's, yes on both questions. Yeah. Actually, yes. Mm. I think it's um, especially if we're talking budget, but uh, I'm also agreeing on the sentiment that it's constraining your opponent in many ways. You have threats, you have uh, 
like everything is on a stick in a way and we already talked about maze and yeah i kind of monogreen is is the the weird part about looking at the deck is that you don't really see it but then when you see everything come together it's everything makes sense like the pendlehaven uh the maze and all the small critters the scavenger folks everything is like okay i need to deal with that i need to deal with this i need to and it adds up in a good way yeah and it's mm. it's not a true budget deck in that it's it's the cheapest swedish legal good old school deck yeah but the problem is that you have to buy ice storms um it, it's it's a and of course it's better if you're playing is green black the best version yeah but then it's then it's not budget if you yeah yeah i'm I'm just asking if uh, you're talking about monocolor deck but green black is probably better but uh and clearly it's better if you have a green moxen anyhow and that goes for the one red decks i guess also so but yeah, I still think that um, Ulrode plays mono green um, without the black splash. Okay, and he is, of course, a very good player as well. I think you need to uh, to play. Yeah, the the sit in a bottle is like. Um, yeah, that's uh, you need actually need to. Yeah, you need basically in the order you want the cards. It's like you want to really get two sit in a bottles and a chaos orb and then you get the mocks you get those three other cards first mm. the, the expensive card status yeah yeah uh, it's interesting this question about how would you rank the colors for best monocolor decks green on top and then uh... i kind of like jordan boyle blue in second place there yeah, yeah the, but has the... anyone ever made a finish with that except Jordan Boyle. <laughs> yeah, that's the thing. That's why I call it blue yeah. Boyle style. It, he but is like... Is, uh, he's playing mono blue also. Yeah, but, but he has full power. So Yeah, that's yeah. the difference. Because Bo- yeah. Boyle, he got top 8 at NoobCon with it. Yeah. And but... He went well, I think, at uh, Uborg, the last NoobCon. Mm-hmm. And I've, because I think that Maybe a full, fully powered mono red, um, a fully powered mono red ATOG deck is probably better. Yeah. Original question is not uh, about budget, right? It's more like what's the best monocolor deck? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Oh, it's, uh, it's not budget anymore. Okay. Yeah, no, yeah. we we just added we we, <laughs> we went in oh. uh, we added that on. Uh, so I think we're we're still agreeing on mono green being best. Yeah, I think. I don't know. Maybe it's like black is. When black is good, it's really good. But sometimes you just run into. And now we're talking about Swedish, so yeah, yeah, 
if you run into like this uh, getting rid of uh, you play the hippie juice game it, mm-hmm. it wins a, it can win a lot of games but it can just run into bolt into city in a bottle and then it's game over yeah i think that's the version i've seen mass like most people getting into old school playing like they start out with maybe even bad moons and whatever and then they get just sums and then they they play they they start going like into the clunkier bigger heavier creatures and then they just start playing maybe white also yeah <laughs> yeah but white. And, then they go blue, and then they're hooked of course didn't yeah. Icelander win Nukon with mono black or was it blue splash? No, it it was it was Hashi, not Icelander. Oh, Hashi, sorry. Yeah, yeah. Uh, he, yeah, he did. Uh, he beat Icelander in the finals, actually. Oh, okay. So that's how. I, okay. Yeah. But uh, yeah, he was the first to say that his deck wasn't good. <laughs> so so I mean, uh, I spoke to him afterwards. Um, at the next tournament and he was like yeah this deck's not really good but mm. i mean i got lucky uh, he played but, a nightmare in this deck yeah because he owned owned a beta nightmare for some reason i still think that uh, mono green is better like at least in a general meta against everything but clearly black is like you have um i don't know if it's it's not more it's less consistent but you have uh, you have better earlier wins and whatever it's more of a comboish win than if you have what you're you like you have the dark rituals you have the turn one hypnotics you have the sinkholes but more than often i think those won't do anything yeah, I think this is an episode for someone says David Chambers plus four bottles. This is a discussion we should have with David Chambers about the best monocolor decks. Yeah, yeah. Um, we with, bring with, him back. Yeah, he yeah. is. He is alive. He is alive. Okay. okay. <laughs> uh, next question is added by me, or but I am saying most old school players. How yeah. does copy artifact work? Oh my god, I've heard some weird stories about copy artifact and how it works. People don't get this. Mm-hmm. So it's I'm playing I'm playing it. It goes on the stack. Yeah. What, what what's happening? It goes on the stack and it's a blue card. Mm-hmm. It's an enchantment. Mm-hmm. It comes then if it resolves, it comes into play mm-hmm. as a copy of a card. Mm-hmm. So that needs to be an artifact. Yes. Yes. Uh, and if there is no artifacts in play, what happens then, Seb? It's a copy artifact. Yeah, an enchantment, copy artifact. Mm-hmm. No, it's not an artifact, it's a copy artifact. <laughs> yeah, it's a copy artifact that has the type enchantment. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So the thing where people stumble is that they when they copy a activated mission's factor, they think the copy artifact becomes an assembly worker. Okay. 
but it doesn't. Like it dies. No, not even dies. It's no, just it like... becomes a activated Mitchell's factory. Okay. But I also think there's a problem with the, when you're casting it that people either they haven't activated them they're not doing the proper order of things right because you need to activate your misha and then play it in a sense or play it like and the stack or whatever yeah uh, respond the stack to... i'm activating misha stack. yeah uh, uh and then then someone might remove it and then they think maybe it fizzles or something like that but yeah. It's not like how it's ordered or how it's worded nowadays. Nowadays, you would have maybe target, copy target artifact. That would be how it would be worded today. Yeah, but it's the thing is, it's a copy effect, and copy effects are described as um, as it copies um, it copies the card. Mm. So basically, you copy uh, the card Mistress Factory. So it comes into play as a Mistress Factory, not an assembly worker. It has summoning sickness. It can pump another assembly worker mm. because it's a land and the land can pump. Uh, so it's a land uh, enchantment. Yeah, and it's blue. No. It's so color. It's co co to be blue yep. when it has resolved. It, it copies the color of the card. Mm. So I put it on the stack. I when it resolves, it becomes something. It becomes a copy of a card in play, I an artifact in play. Copy. Yep. And then it's an enchantment. Whatever. Enchantment land in this case with a Mitchell's yeah. factory. An enchantment artifact if you copy a, a true scale. I can still like the someone can still uh what happens with uh Neveral's disc, for instance. With like when I blow up a Neveral's disc. It kills all enchantments. So then it goes to the trash. And yeah. with disenchant, you can still disenchant it, but you can't, if it ceases to be on the stack, you can't red elemental boss it anymore. No, except if you copy a blue artifact for some reason. Yeah. I don't think we have any blue artifacts in old school anyhow. RF Maybomb, it doesn't enter tapped. It's, there's no reason it would enter tapped. Yeah, and, I don't see it entering tapped And either. clone and Vesuvan doppelganger, when you play them, have the same effect. Yeah. The the thing is, like, there's a rule for how copy stuff works in the magic rulebook. Yeah, if you copy a disc, yeah, yeah, of course. I thought we were copying the... Uh, mm -hmm. Yeah. And also, like... One of the other things, I think most people know this, but if you have a copy of Trike that doesn't have counters on it, it gets three counters. Uh, if you're copying it, yes. Yeah. Well, it's entering. It's still, a... Everything is still entering play. That's why it comes into play tapped also. Yeah. And so that's so it's for, you, can, you can't count. You, you can't copy a time vault either. It's it comes to time water and it comes into play time. Yeah. yeah. 
it comes into play tapped. Uh, the, the thing is like, think of copy artifact as playing the card you would copy. Then you're mm. right. But the why it's such a mindfuck is because playing it is not targeting it. Nope, it doesn't target. Exactly. So I'm I'm just like lay. I, I want to play this card, and then uh, so yeah. then you need to deal with whatever, and then it comes into play, and either it becomes a, an artifact that is on the play area, or it's just a copy artifact enchantment that's still blue. Yeah, uh, and if, another thing with the rules in, in old school that people don't understand is when you activate the Chaos Orb. Mm-hmm. Yeah, okay. Uh, let's say uh, you have a, you have a, you have a trike with three counters in play and a Sedge Scroll. Yeah. I activate my Chaos Orb. Yeah. What do you do, Seb? So before that, there's also another thing I need to ask. You activate it. You can't activate it again, right? No, it's tap one exactly. tap to activate. And so it... I can't disenchant and you activate it again. No. Yeah. So then uh, I need to really, really have a big think about because what actually are you trying to hit on the play area? And if I have a trike, I'm thinking if that's the only threat overall, then I don't I don't think you would target any of your own uh, permanents. Uh, I would think maybe I need to start using all the penises. Penisai? Is it? What's yeah, the... some, I don't know. One penis, dicks. a lot of penis, a, a lot of dicks. Yeah. And maybe I should throw at least two of the dicks somewhere. Yeah. Uh, because then I, I leave it to you. I throw two dicks in your face. Hold on. Okay. What happens next? I'm gonna I'm gonna activate the chaos orb on your sedge troll because you forgot to use a re- regeneration on it. Oh. Can you Darn then it. can you then regenerate Seb? I don't think so because uh, when you actually okay to one one step back because you you don't well how you named it it was like you, I'm going to activate it on you already activated it so yeah but I didn't say of which target activated. I'm going to use. I throw two dicks in your face. Yep. And then uh, I'm uh, not allowed to regenerate or do anything else. No, until the card is fully resolved. Mm. And that goes for reading books or yep. What I what, what I don't know, tapping down stuff with my IC or using your library. Yeah, exactly. Mm. So so yeah, I think a lot of people when they activate chaos or they tap one mana, tap the Chaos Orb, and say, I'm using my Chaos Orb on your Sedge Troll. Yeah. The thing is, when you respond with, like, shooting two dicks on me, or not shooting two dicks on me, I can just use it on the 
Exactly. You put a, a regeneration shield. You mm. don't announce targets when you activate it because it doesn't it doesn't target. So I can just switch. That's a fun part. That's one of the many fun parts with Chaos Orb that you you need to make me use my counters or whatever I'm doing. Uh, if I have a icy and if you have some weird shenanigans going on, well, I'm activating this, but maybe I have a lot of threats. Maybe I have the library also. Okay, mm. now I need to tap down that, and now I need to do this, and now I need to do whatever. So, yeah. So, so yeah. When, so, kids, when you Kid. activate Chaos Orb, don't say a hey, target. Hey, kids! <laughs> don't say a target. Um, it doesn't target. So, basically... If you play with homelands, you can kill an autumn willow that can't be the target of spells or abilities with a chaos orb. Yeah. So that was the rules section of this uh, podcast. We probably lost all viewers by. Yeah, the... hopefully, hopefully. Yeah. yeah. I, I need to take a pee at some point here, but we need uh... to get to tie back first. Exactly. So, but I'm, we we will. We'll move to next question from now. We only almost only have questions from Mats Jeda Rasmussen left. No, well, almost. I, some, I almost, yeah, almost, almost, yeah, yeah. Um, with all the emphasis on original frame and art, what do you think about altars, especially the ones that really change the card? Full art or even complete repaint new motif. Okay. I have strong opinions about this. Okay. I hate it. So, um, to be clear, like we're talking about reprints yeah. or whatever. No, no like the, the, the doing it, the changing the card to something else. I hate it. Okay. Because what I, I think this with emphasis on original feminine. So we're talking about people altering cards. Yeah, but you sh you should uh, you shouldn't uh, the, the emphasis on the original frame and art was just a, it's not a question. It's the question is what do you think about alters? Yeah. It's just stating a fact first. Um okay. So the question is alters and alters that um, that change the cards. I don't like when people spend. Uh, I mean, I've seen some really good looking cards that are totally different. You can't even recognize what it is. Mm -hmm. um, they are amazing piece of art, but I hate them. So can we set up some guidelines for altering? I think. Uh... Uh, for instance, uh, Anton uh, put some squirrels in on his recurring nightmare, the pre-modern card. I think that's nice. Can you I see? Think... Can you see it's a recurring nightmare? Yeah, everything is. It's just like in the yep. uh, like <laughs> art in the art section of the card. Yep, okay. we have three squirrels, <clears throat> um... and I think that's a nice altar. Uh, oh. And me personally, I like signed cards. I don't think. Okay, so I left and maybe come back. Hopefully, I don't know. Uh, but um, you don't really like signed cards either. I think. I, I'm I'm okay with signed cards that if I get them signed myself. Um, mm. 
from the yeah. original artist. And what I really love um, when it comes, it's not really altered, but what I really love is is uh, when uh, I get cards signed or small alterations on them from other players. Uh, but you still mm-hmm. see it's the same. Like the card I got from uh, Meir Hans, my Red Elemental Blast, where he just basically changed the colors and made it border extension. Mm. Uh, I love that you still you there's no mistake on it uh, I have seen some people playing on webcam these like dual lands where you alter them you can't see if it's a scrub land uh, savannah bayou or a plateau yeah. there's no way you can see what it is you have to ask think, every single time like what I, I'm I think I agree with you but I think you need to be more precise on what's like altering could be whatever uh, but what you're talking about is altering cards to be complete uh, repaint view. Yeah, but also can can you differentiate the text and the what how it looks and what's the bad points about it? And when you do that, because I think you know, I know what you're heading at, I'll have a peek. Okay. Because <laughs> Ty will uh, fill out. Yeah, so we're talking about alters. the The thing yeah, with the the thing with alters is like even if they keep the text box and um, rules tag uh, or the name of the card, uh, I can't see it from from the other side of the table or at the webcam if they have altered the whole art of the card. I, I have no idea what card it is anymore. And then I have to ask every time, what is your untapped land? Is it a scrub land, biotropical, volcanic? Or a mock sapphire. Like personally, I hate alters, which is yeah. I'm kind of I don't like alters. I don't like alters on my cards, but I don't give a shit what people other people have. But if I have to ask what they are having on the board, then I'd probably just no, no. There's there's like um. There's like um, Arcanaut is talking about maybe altering Chronicles of Fourth Edition. I don't, I, I don't, I don't want to put a money aspect in like altering Lotus or or whatever or um, beta cards. Uh, that's not my issue. Um, I consider all my cards like a play collection, so I have a lot of cards that people can sign or whatever, um, and. I love those uh, because they are like memories or tournament tokens. That's a whole different story. As long as yeah, you yeah, still that's... see it, as long as you still see what the hell the card it is. But yeah, I think the one of the weirdest examples is one of the most beautiful arts I've ever seen. Alters I've ever seen is a guy who got a CE full power nine set altered to Lord of the Rings. Oh yeah, that's yeah. that's one it's it's amazing. one of the most yeah. amazing alters I've seen. Uh but I hope no one plays them in a magic tournament. <laughs> it's so <laughs> weird. It's so weird. Yeah. Um I'm pretty sure he has another set of power and that was his second set. Uh but it's so like if you play those on webcam, it's like, yeah, what is that card? Oh, it's the one ring. Is that a soul ring or a mox or whatever so so yeah but i I understand that a lot of people really like art uh alters and the art and like the artists some of them are extremely amazing uh i have 
I have like one altar I play, which is an Asher Drake. Uh, I got it as a gift. Yeah, yeah, that one. Yeah. Uh, but but you still see clearly it's an Asher Drake. There's it can't be anything else. You have a fireball and uh yeah the one of my fireballs that i got altered is it, it, i need to get another one because it looks like a rook egg <laughs> okay <laughs> it, it, the first one i got is is you see clearly it's a fireball but i have like 10 people ask the other fireball the slon von altar for me while it was drunk it looks like an egg. Uh, and Martin, Martin Lindstrom asked me, like, is that a rook egg you're playing? It's like, no, it's a fireball. So, yeah. Well, clearly it looks like an egg. Every time he's drunk, he, he paints everything with an egg. That's right. Yeah, <laughs> yeah maybe I need an Elso Deep Shadow with an egg. And yeah. we know whose fault it is. It's not Slonfan's fault. Someone no. else's fault. No. Well, uh, Slonfan had an egg in his pocket during NoobCon. Yeah, no, but not, okay. Yeah, he why? Kept... Why wouldn't you have egg? It's the best snack at tournaments. <laughs> I, I remember <laughs> at Loopcom, uh, someone was like, "I, I think we went out the day before." I don't remember. Did we do that, Olan? The day before Nubcon. Yeah, that was because Uruborg. I was at CEO. Yeah, yeah, clearly, Uruborg. clearly we went out then, <laughs> uh, and. The day after, you might not have that good of a stomach, I guess. So at Nubcon, I sat at the toilet and someone was banging on the door. And I was like hearing Slavon, Sam, Sam, open the door, open the door. I was like, <laughs> I'm at the toilet. Okay, I'm leaving an egg outside the door. <laughs> <laughs> oh. I was like, thank you. <laughs> I don't, I'm not sure I want that, but whatever. <laughs> yeah, uh, and you also have uh, a nice UFO altered uh, uh, card, I think. Yeah, uh, that's made by the artist. Uh, is it? Yeah, it's Douglas Schuler on Fisher. Uh, exactly. Is it Douglas Schuler who made it? Yeah, yeah, it's it's just okay, a new. I've UFO. never understood that. That's pretty yeah, cool. Uh, I got it from the same person who sent me the um, the Asher Drake. Um, Why do people send you stuff? Soul. Why I'm I haven't I think I'm, I've got some cool merch. It's not merch. What, what what do you call it? I got some Avenger stuff and I got yeah. some patches. I got some stickers, yeah. but I never get that kind of stuff. For I got uh, the Asher Drake. I got for streaming the um, Summer Derby um, playoffs um, from a guy, uh, and uh, the UFO. Fisher was a Christmas present because I love X-Files. So, yeah. Makes sense. <sighs> I, I think it's I think I think it's sad. Me and Ty were just sitting here. I haven't got a one of those cards. No. We don't get Christmas presents. No. no. But didn't you get a Christmas card from Brothers of Fire? Yeah, I no. did get that. <laughs> yep. Well, I think so. I, I don't have it here, but I have. Yep. Oh no! <laughs> One of my walls fell out. You woke up the kids. Um, Hopefully, yeah. My kids aren't like Thai's kids. Thai's kids are like running around all night long. Yeah, yeah they're running out. I'm, I'm, I'm throwing them outside actually. 
Yeah, you put them in the <laughs> bouncing castle outside. So <laughs> yep, yep. I, I think it's this is like a question like the budget um, cards. We are not into altars, period. Well, I, I kind of like uh, some I like. minor altar. I have never seen you play an altar card. Yeah, but I like the idea of it, like okay. having a cool uh, AS uh island AS alters, or is, AS alters is nice yeah, yeah i i think i'm, I'm not against it that that's i'm just putting that in but no. I, yeah sure i like science and i like the minor things but i don't like the complete redoings or whatever like making um a lotus into a star wars ship Exactly. I don't really, no. <laughs> really into that. <laughs> I mean, it's just an idea. I've never seen it, but I mean, I know that Joval King has a Zelda uh, Power 9 set made by A.S. Alters. Yeah. Zelda I, I, on all his Power 9 cards. Well, whatever makes his uh, flute whatever makes his make sound. Makes his flute toot, I think. <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> is that okay. what Link does? Flute is toot. <laughs> Whatever uh, Link they might flute is toot with, that's fine with me. Okay, <laughs> moving on. We we need to finish all these questions because I don't want to leave anything. Um, yeah. Uh, again, from uh, Mats Jedda uh, Rasmussen, what yeah, are your most yeah, over yeah, and yeah. underrated sideboard cards? Pestilence. Is it over or underrated? Is it a sideboard card? Underrated sideboard card. Uh, but it's, yeah. Uh, I think um, I think one of the most overrated for me is uh, Red Elemental Blast. And uh, over one of the most overrated for me is uh, Red Elemental Blast. Yeah, I'm, but underrated. No, but overrated now. Okay, first overrated. Uh, <laughs> yeah, uh, I don't know. Maybe dust to dust. I think people have been playing less and less of dust to dust. But yeah, but that's 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 a, that's due to the meta. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think it's coming back more since people are playing more robotish decks. Yeah, and people True. are trying to say that they're not playing the deck and playing actual books and. Yeah, maybe. Um, yeah, but uh, overrated. Mm, I think if you're playing red and if you're playing blue, you're still playing blue and red elemental blast. I would never uh, not play at least one or two or three of those. But I'm I'm kind of agreeing with you. Yeah, I that. think um, energy flux is overrated nowadays. Yeah, it is. Mm. Because like it still doesn't stop a Suchi or a trike. Um yeah. so I've and no so few people play like this a tog decks with twenty-five artifacts or whatever anymore. Yeah. Exactly. So, so I think energy flux is overrated. I think sh uh, shatter is often a lot better. Gloom. Gloom is gloom is always overrated. Yeah. Yeah. I think like energy flux is good if you're constraining your opponent anyhow. Uh, like if you're playing an aggressive deck and if but you can't just play energy flux and think you're actually addressing 
those cards that you mentioned. Yeah, and now actually Chilean Ritual in the chat. I think Artifact Blast is underrated. Yeah, I, it's, uh, it, that's an underrated but card. Artifact, yeah, uh, and uh, well, no, I'm thinking about deton detonate. Yeah, but Artifact Blast is so good because it can counter the trike. Yeah, and yeah. Uh, but not trikes also. I think if I'm playing. Uh, Arabian Agro, or whatever. If if I'm, I think that's when I've at least tried it. <clears throat> uh, and I think it's good against Sit in a Bottle, it's good against those cards that you mentioned, also. Yeah, but Detonate is it underplayed? I don't know, maybe. Uh, maybe. Uh, it's, 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 it's... It's a sorcery, uh, which yeah. makes it so much worse. If it was an instant, I would really love that card. Uh, I and think I'd rather play Fisher on that slot. It can, if it could take care of uh, Mishra's Factory, I guess, or whatever. Yeah, um, and yeah then you can just play Fisher, which is <coughs> exactly. probably better. Fisher. I think also um, they're talking about uh, that Gloom is a uh, good uh, most for COP, but I think COP Red is an overrated card. Mm, yeah, that's also played or overrated. I I remember at some point we talked about who played uh, Circle Protection Blue in the sideboard. Uh, Be ben Twitchen, I think. Of course, of course. What? Of course. Why did I even ask? But for uh, Yeah, and I don't. Yeah, and I think he maybe even I don't know if he played. It's ahead of the curve. I mean, if uh, yeah. in a white blue deck, if you play Psionic Blasts and Serendibs yourself, yeah. I could, I yeah. could kind of see Cop Blue. Uh, if we have an Arabian summer <laughs> ahead of us. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but, uh, we're we're talking about underrated cards. Uh, and I actually think in the sideboard. Uh, as I mentioned earlier, I like Mace uh, in the sideboard. Um, it's it's such a hoser for all the like if you're playing big creatures, you need to have something to address that also. But what more? I think I think also like with gloom um as overrated i don't think it's overrated in mono black uh as yeah, they are sure. talking about yeah. in chat uh because then your alternatives are against white are so bad anyway so there you have it but if you play like a multicolor deck the only i would never really play mono black but if i would play to play gloom it had to be like in a deck with like onk and weiss and then you would basically want to play the gloom tar before anything else, yeah, for it to yeah, work. Um, mm. Like a really aggressive uh, a tog deck, mm. uh, where it can't play like two white spells a turn after that. Um, I'm thinking about underrated cards also in the cyborg more here. Yeah, uh, like Shatterstorm. Shatterstorm, that's a yeah. perfect. Uh, I really that's like the new uh, energy flux. That's a good call type. I mean, um, if you look at my old list of fantasy zoo, I always played three Shatterstorms in the fantasy zoo lists. Yeah, yeah, I've tasted it. 
I've played a bunch of uh, Shivan decks, and uh, even though I've brewed some of them myself, it's according to Orland always trying to be mono. So all yeah. of those play at least two <laughs> Shadow Storms in the sideboard instead of Energy Flux, even though I'm playing uh, blue. I think that um, Armageddon like it's leaning is. It's it's like with it's more of an Geddon than uh, uh, energy flux is, yeah. uh, I think, because it's like coming from it's coming from above. You don't really expect it, uh, and I've won so so many. And it's a, even though it's a cyber card, you mentioned earlier, Olan, that having amnesia in main is better because you're not able to address it but still in the sideboard it's a red card people might put in blue elemental blast but so so many games i've won uh, because of it especially if playing uh, atlantic or whatever of course with unrestricted workshops but uh, i think you i think it adds i think it adds to like the that's what we talked about um how to play around counters it adds another must counter spell yeah so if you play like heavy red if you add those uh, shatterstorms they become a must counter yeah and then you exactly. can up, up up the most counter against controlish decks where your bolts are not good you can side it's, out your it's bolts kind of on curve also also because yep. if you're playing heavy red you're playing uh, uh you're playing Blood Moon, <laughs> next turn you're playing playing that. It's like, okay, I need to counter that, I need to counter that, and then I, whatever. I also think that uh, Atreyu84 is on to something with Shivan as underrated sideboard card. If you play red and you can play a Shivan, it's a good sideboard card. Uh, and if you expect your opponent to play Blood Moon, it's even a better sideboard card. Mm. So I think that's underrated. I've seen it in some decks, but I still think you can see more. Mountain Yeti is yeah, uh, Mountain Yeti. I've 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 never added it, but I think why haven't I seen more of it? Is it because most of the white decks that are pre 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 prevalent? Which what are prevalent? Are they playing red nowadays? Is it like the 12? Why aren't we seeing any Mountain Jetties? I think we only see it in like Flippy's sideboard. Um, mm. Their yeah. Flippy loves Mountain Yeti. Uh, mm. uh, but yeah, I um, think those are all under. I mean, as I said, Armageddon is an underrated sideboard card. Yes. It's uh, a must, must count. Another of the, one of those must, must yeah. counter cards. Um, and like we're not even talking about like the transformational cyborgs because that's we're, we're, it gets too complicated. Then I, I think also the transformational sideboard is overrated. Okay, yeah. this is another side note if you're able to play, uh, like you're playing Demonic Tutor. That's another cyborg card, I guess. Uh, I kind of like Meek Stone. Uh, is it Meek Stone? No, what's it called when you can't untap? 
Meekstone. Meekstone. Yeah. Meekstone is uh, it's not an underplayed card, but I think it's interesting uh, against if you're playing Arabian cards, because it usually Arabi uh, like Cinnabol takes care of the the threats that you want to uh, keep that down. But uh, I think Meekstone is uh, kind of nice. I've, I've used it a bunch of times. Uh, we don't see, yeah, there are some cards that we don't see that I would like to see, but yeah, I think we think... address the biggest cards that we yeah. should see more. I think the Falling Star is still underplayed mm. because people haven't, yeah, uh, haven't, haven't switched. Sw that no, they haven't switched from webcam play because it's so terrible to play it on <laughs> webcam. It's the worst yeah, card. Yeah. I think you're. That's uh, yeah. Olan, you hit the jackpot there. Probably that takes care of the uh, DFB green, all the red decks we talked about, all the black decks we talked about. Um, it's such a good card. And also, like even if you don't kill the creatures, they still become tapped, so you can swing in with, with your Suchi or whatever. All the yeah, targets. People miss that, that they get yeah. tapped. Uh, and Tormods is an underrated card. This is a trade in chat. I don't N think so. Not, not until uh, Twiddlewald becomes more common because it's the yeah. best card against Twiddlewald. Yeah, and like if. I've seen, like, you, you stream the win Winter Derby, was it? No, the summer derby. Summer derby. <laughs> summer derby. Uh, we had one version of the Mahot Mama Hotmi deck. That Why do you two. add an N to Mahamoti? Mahamoti. We have one version that had two recalls. Maybe then, but I don't really see. I haven't seen a reanimator deck in. I don't know how long. So no, I don't think it's an underplayed card. I think and, people it's played in cyber sometime, but you might as well play a Feldon's cane. <laughs> and also like Atreus says it's good against the deck. Tormod's grip is not good against the deck. No, sadly not. It's, we have regrowth and we have one or two recalls. Yeah, and it's probably usually not even a uh I'm happy um, if I'm playing the deck. I'm quite happy that people board in those cards against me. Yeah. It doesn't fit into the must counter category. No, like you're already way ahead. I mean, if if, if yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, if that uh, becomes a problem, you 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 have had you don't wrong. to <laughs> address like the situation. Yeah, um, have we? Emptied, um, um, have we emptied um, the over and underrated sideboard card? We could go on for two hours more here. I think so. I think we have not emptied it, but I think it's an interesting subject, and I really like uh, discussing like how you would do the things differently or whatever. But yeah, just shooting from the hip. I think we've gone through what we thought. Okay. Cheers. I, I want to move forward to the next question from Mats Jedda Rasmussen. Uh, Jedda, Jedda. Yep. 
don't interrupt me now when I'm pronouncing stuff. Uh, is the community different now compared to a few years ago? And what do you think it's go going to be like in the coming years? Tournaments, amount of players, competitiveness. Is it a format for white guys born in the 80s or is the player base evolving? Um, interesting question. Uh, yeah, that's. I think that's the best question today. Yeah. You, should, you should slice it up a bit. Yeah, we can uh, start with, uh, is the community different now compared to a few years ago? And yes. yes. Yeah, very different. Very, very different. Much more global, right? Yeah, and so many new players like the the Norwegian and Danish scenes have exploded yeah. during oh, Corona. Um, and before the year before Corona. Maybe because of Corona. Maybe. Um, <laughs> the American scene is huge. For like four, four or five years ago, the American scene was so small. Um, yeah, I, I'm, yeah, I'm sorry, but so small. for about, so small. I think about six years ago, I think the old school community in the US was Jason Sports and uh, what's his name, Jaco. Yeah, and I don't know when DFB started. Um, I think DFB started the derbies in like 2008. 18 maybe 17 something something like that and but there were like 10 players in the beginning of the derby and during covid we had like 400 players in the biggest derby mm. yeah because about some six or seven years ago i think that was the time when menendian wrote the old school articles for vintage mtg or something like that i think then there were about 60 50 players maybe I don't even think that that many, but 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 nowadays the old school community is super big and it's super tight. It's like there's players everywhere. Yeah, I think I'm actually liking more and more where we're at. I don't know if you oh, guys yes. agree with it. Oh, I love it. Um, it's not. I think also there's a weird sensation that people are still clinging to that they think that every format needs to grow <laughs> i don't know why that's like there's so many people playing it i don't see a problem as of now i don't i don't know why people always think that there's a problem with uh people not starting or keep on get, hanging on or whatever getting into it uh, because i've never in my old school uh, life uh, had career. a problem with career <laughs> it's not a career but <laughs> <laughs> i i've never had a problem with uh, any of the the gatherings that because you and ty we started kind of similar time uh yeah and I, I've never had a problem with finding a place to play or players to play against or anything like that. And we live in a silly small country, but of course we it's Swedish, so it's a Swedish format that kind of it started here, but 
like it might have Stockholm, Uppsala. There's so many players. Uh, anyhow, we have local gatherings each Tuesday, and I think maybe maybe we had more players a while back. I don't know, but I think when we have the tournaments now, like we have the Moose Cup, that I actually won. Uh, <laughs> uh, we were more players than many like tournaments we've had before so i yeah. don't know I've, I've never have had a problem with like oh we're only four or three people here or whatever no no i don't no i don't really maybe i'm not understanding it but i don't really see why we need to have more and more players uh, starting to play I'm meeting players every year that I haven't heard yeah, about. I, I agree, but the thing with um, is that it's like um, is it a format for white guys born in the eighties? Yeah, I, probably. Yeah, yeah, probably. It seems like. Yeah. Um, is that you, a problem? I don't know. Uh, depends on who you ask, I guess. Yeah. Um, I think, like, if you would ask someone from uh, the Amazon department that wants people to play more, and everyone in Wizards wants everyone to be from everywhere, sure, I would love to play. We don't have that many women playing old school. I don't. <sighs> the problem is that. We can't like. Wh what can we do? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> yeah. It's I... an expensive format. That's the first problem, I guess. Uh, and uh, we were born in the eighties, and most of the people that started playing the eighties, we were men, and we were, I don't know, men and white nerds. No. Uh, that we can't change that. So many of those who want to play it for nostalgia re reasons, I guess. But everyone is welcome, of course. Uh, and I think we have never been in a more welcome community. So it's yeah, not the, like that we were trying to exclude anyone. I think the magic in the 90s was so much worse in that sense. Yeah. Like that, then you were, ex either you were part of the so to say spice spike crew or you were like those uh lung stunk or what what the people were called in stockholm and everyone <laughs> made jokes about about them so yeah. so yeah i think i think we're in a good place now but it's like it's like it's actually it's coming more and more female players uh to old school um i met uh, two new female players at wincom which I've never met, seen before. Mm. So it's it's slow, but it's getting more diverse in a way. But it's obviously more slow than Commander, EDH. Yeah. Like, everyone should play what the fuck they want to play. And uh, I don't think we need to address anything. Um, people can complain about... It being expensive, and I can agree with that. But what can we do? <laughs> like, this is the format. Uh, everyone is welcome. Uh, I don't. I haven't seen a tournament 
Uh, we had only one female player, I think, at Nubcon. I don't think she felt unwelcome in any way. Uh, we have we have some female players playing old school, of course, and we have. Uh, I don't even know if people care what uh, color of the skin <laughs> that people have playing old school. So, uh, well, there's old school players in care. Singapore. Yeah, we have Singapore. We have whatever. Yeah. I don't care, so I hopefully no one cares what but, color of the skin they are playing against. If that's a problem, then we have a much bigger problem yeah, than yeah. Uh, old school. <laughs> but one thing about the community for, let's say, five years ago and today. About five years ago, nobody was traveling to play old school. Now we travel basically... Yeah, Poland is a good example. Travels to like every community and place. The country or uh, the person? The person. <laughs> the person. Yeah, the yeah, country. Country. <laughs> Just I'm No, but the thing is, nowadays we travel more to play old school, and we always feel welcome wherever we go. Yeah. That's like people actually want you to come, right? Yeah. I've never felt that before. I think me, Olan, and you, we played a bunch of GPs and we traveled also before we started playing old school. But now people actually reach out to you and say like, well, it would be nice for you to here, come to this and do play with us, hang out. Uh, so that's the nice thing about old school. But I think it's also it's also in a way quite hard if you're not that person that actively seeks out because like yeah. we we get invited because we do a lot of uh, like pods and and stuff no like no that. it's because i'm good looking yeah well whatever you can oh draw that card but uh i can't do that so but um yeah the thing is like we get invited people ask us to come to stuff I think that if a random guy, say, in France, Poland, starts to playing, he's not going to get people inviting him to, oh, come and play to this tournament here. You have to, you have to go around and play tournaments or do some other stuff to get people to ask you to come. Yeah, you need to get uh, well, put in the door. And the, 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 I want to move it to this, like the tournaments yeah. in the coming years, because like most tournaments nowadays are full, <laughs> and the new yeah, play right. the new players are gonna have a hard time getting a spot at tournaments. Yeah. Like Raging Bull was full before it was publicly announced this year, I think. Mm -hmm. yeah. uh, um, there's you, you you have a small spot, small window of tournaments you can go. There's more and more invitational tournaments around the world in like a lot of countries. And as a new player, you're not going to get into those tournaments. Mm -hmm. You have to know people, and it's hard to get known if you are not invited to those weird tournaments. Like I think the first invitational tournament that I know about his chalice um but now in europe there's a lot of tournaments that are invitational only around several countries 
Okay, and, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but like a random new guy is no, never going to get invited to Chalice. Mm-hmm. Or no. not even the Dry Force Cup, I think. That's this weekend. Yeah, true. So so I think it's it's going to be harder to get into tournaments. You're going to have to travel to tournaments. I don't know, next year, WinCon this year was totally 100% open. 110 mm-hmm. players. I think they had place for 180 people. Okay. What what happens if 500 want to go to WinCon like the or the the World Championship NoobCon days? Yeah. What what's mm. going to happen then? Like a lot of people are going to be left out because they are not on the so to say pre-invite list or or yeah. what happens. So yeah, bigger player base brings it's good with more players, but it's also a problem in the in the tournament sense. You're have mm. to gonna make a name for yourself uh, online, and how many yeah. web webcam tournaments are we gonna have if we don't have another pandemic? Yeah. I think we. Uh, I I agree with your well, well, everything what you're saying, but I think there's such more of a plethora of <laughs> tournaments I could choose from. I think this was more of a problem uh, a few years back, especially when MG announced like I, I we, we can't allow everyone coming into Nucon anymore. Uh, and I think maybe that was like the starting uh, thing that made people like you also, Olan, right? Uh, and I think Svante and a bunch of people like felt that. Okay, I need to contribute <laughs> to actually be able to be a part of this. Uh, I don't need. I don't necessarily think that's a bad thing, but there's clearly uh, a lot of old school, like communities and people being. Yeah, there's somewhat a hierarchy, I think. Like people, because, but I, I don't think that's, that's also for if you're going, if you're looking at regular life, quote unquote, that's true there also. Uh, like people get, that's what wizards are trying to do now. Like, of course, uh, uh, what's the rapper that's have a, a Post Malone? He has an own show. He has an own showdown because he's famous. Like, whatever. What? Yeah. Yeah. Um, Post Malone. But he, what, he, what, what does this have to do with old school? Because he gets and uh, he gets a he 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 gets in the back door everything he he can get whatever he w- wants because he's famous. Oh, okay. Uh, yes, I don't, I'm not saying gets... I'm famous. I'm not saying we are famous or anything like that. But of course, always knowing someone gets you into uh, the club. Yeah, uh, but but that's changed in the last couple of years because yeah. a couple of years ago it was only NoobCon who had that. Because like all the other tournaments, you just said, yeah. "I want to come." Yeah, yeah, sure. We are 15 players. We want yeah. more players. Yeah, um, just, just look at the Dutch community is a really good example. Yeah, they are like 140 players, 
they have one mm. tournament basically each month and most of those players don't even travel them yeah and you, and you're talking about real live tournaments yeah or... yeah of course not the online tournaments no mm. only only live tournaments mm. they have so many tournaments and it's, and it's such a big player base that yeah they don't have to travel yeah, yeah. They, they no they don't like yeah they don't uh, they don't have to yeah so so they don't care I, about the the big scene so to speak no I still like in my heart. I feel like if you really want to play something, like going to some, if you if you're ahead of time, uh, if you you can probably reach out and get the spot. Uh, I, that's that's my true feeling about it. But I don't know. Uh, um, it's it, it's going to be really interesting this uh, the next year's next, year. yeah. next year's LobsterCon and see how fast yeah. the, the spots get for pre-modern and old school there. Mm. Yeah, this, <laughs> this ties together <laughs> with hours. also us abling to travel, of course, because everything is happening all at once. Uh, we've but had on... Well, we had the real-life tournaments, but what I'm saying is that it's interesting how everything <laughs> like exploding... Now we're uh, now internationally. We're also able to go to tournaments. Uh, but so I mean, for next... With next year, I think it will be more of a even. It will be exponentially, like more people trying to play on tour in tournaments uh, abroad. It's gonna be I don't know the English word hugsexa of the for the spots about <laughs> about uh, for tournaments because like I don't know what's gonna happen when they announce all these tournaments I want to go to like LobsterCon, Raging Bull, maybe Chalice, uh, maybe NoobCon if NoobCon is even gonna be a tournament next year we never know yeah uh, and all this Noob like Con festival yeah it's like. I have Are no we going to have another Urborg that was open, but will it be open if we yeah, don't have it's, it? It's it's so uh, hard to see. Yeah, the the planning for next year is going to be rough. I mean, um, then there are some tournaments where you know you're probably going to get a get a spot because they're probably not getting full. Uh, like yeah. the plague next year in Norway, it's going to ninety nine percent be a tournament next year in Drummond. This year it was me mm. and Kalle from Sweden and Simon from Denmark. Next year I'm gonna expect a lot of more people coming. Yeah. Because they threw a amazing tournament. Um the first tournament is the one that's gonna be not that crowded and it was even it was forty five people in a small town outside of Oslo in Norway. Yeah. One of the sec one of the most expensive countries in in Europe next year, I'm yeah. expecting eighty ninety or something. We, we just talked about also. I'm I'm expanding a bit, but also talking about premodern. It was clearly just like only twenty four hours, or whatever. All the spots were taken. Like eight hours, it was yeah, eight, full. Eight or six hours, it was full. Yeah, hundred eighty people. Yeah, and that's in Darmstadt. I'm not. Putting it on top of that, but it's it's not like a major city. Yeah, but it is because it's Frankfurt, so it is one of the one of the biggest flight hubs. Have you Europe. tried traveling there? <laughs> yeah, I did because I I I actually did five minutes of googling, so I knew how to get uh, to Darmstadt. 
it took me too, way too long to get yeah. there. Okay, so um, it's an it's uh, unproblematic problem. I would address it. People, so, a lot of people want to play a lot of tournaments, so just make more tournaments, guys. Yeah, but it's like the problem now is like there's this year it was too many tournaments. I wanted to go to Uten Troll Cup. I wanted <sighs> to go to Drive well, Force you Cup. You just said that people can't play the tournaments, and now you say there's yeah. too many tournaments. <laughs> yeah, because, because, because the thing, I make my plans for the whole year in the beginning, in January, exactly right. every tournament I want to go to. Of course you do. Yeah. So me and Ty, we book our hotel like one week before we yeah. actually travel. <laughs> but it's 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 gonna be it's gonna be interesting the upcoming years and and to answer like the question, it's very different uh, pre COVID and post COVID. Old school is it's not even similar anymore to how it runs. Mm-hmm. Okay, let's move on, let's move on to, uh, I think this is a question to me, I don't know. Uh, yeah, duh, yeah, duh, yeah, 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 which black metal album from 93, 94 makes for the perfect soundtrack to a game of old school magic? Bonus points if it rhymes with Tark Medieval Mimes. Um, he refers to Satyricon's Dark Medieval Times. Uh, I don't think it's even... Ten, maybe even from that era. The thing with black metal, it's not a great old school uh, soundtrack. Uh, I don't think. But in ninety three, ninety four was the golden age of black metal in Norway. Uh, there are three albums made in the Greek Hall, which is a weird place to record black metal albums by the legendary producer Pitten from Norway. <laughs> which he has he has produced so many insane black metal albums but there are three albums that i think that every black metal guy should um, should get from that era of course mayhem de mysteries dom satanas the pinnacle yeah. moving on no <laughs> and then emperor in the nightside eclipse mm, amazing album amazing album you can see the deck player from Beast of the Bay, Queen Marman. He often wears Emperor t-shirts. He clearly knows his music. And then we have... I don't agree with this guy in his political taste. Uh, Burtzum or Count Grishnak. Greven. Vis Lyset Taros. Amazing album. Jedda. These three albums. They are better than Dark Medieval Times by Satyricon. <laughs> 